You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Gemara praises the people who danced, the people who, who juggled, the people who held the Hadassim. In fact, they even said that even though they look sort of silly in what they're doing, the Gemara compares these people who are being misameach the Kala and the Chosan, the Kala specifically, like like the angels. Um, and it even says that Malachi Ashores are miskabtsin svivam, that while they're doing their silly dances at a wedding, the angels, the ministering angels of God, are are gathered around them. Because clearly, uh, 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 this isn't just a girl who's getting married. She represents, in a way, the essence of, of the Jewish people's future. She is the, she's the, the, the fertile um, container of, 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 the hist- of the future of Klal Yisrael and all the holy souls that Klal Yisrael can, can be birthed from Klal Yisrael. So this is the simcha of, of, of what the Rabbanim danced in front of what they felt was the shkina, the hisgalus of the shkina that, that will happen with, 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 with more Jewish couples getting married. And this was something that was considered a holy act. Um, now besides dancing, and let's say you're not such a great dancer, um, there's somehow that you're able to speak to the uh, to the to the couple in a way that tell them giving them support uh, in, in the steps in their life now Ravelsky says you can't say that everybody should do this what about if you're not a great dancer what about if you can't do great juggling? What about you, you can't jump rope? I had a friend of mine. He could jump rope. That's what he did. He jumped rope. <laughs> and everybody, everybody would, he was a rov and he's a paisik. He's written svarim. When he came, everybody would get him to jump rope. But let's say you don't have a shtick. You just don't have a shtick. So what should you do? Um, Um, If everybody was somehow a great shtickmacher, like if everybody who was there, like, you you know, was able to do something special and everyone could jump in the middle. Do you really think that would be more simcha? would just be like sometimes when you have the cakes and Maraktim, each person like tries to outdo the other, right? And, and, and that would be really not what it's about. It's not about, oh, look what he could do. Ah, he's going to top you. Ah, he's going to top you. What do you need to do? You need to, Rabelsky said, to try to exude from a real place inside of you. Show 
show a, a happy face. There are people who just sit there with a stone face, right? There are people who just go there. They don't like the sweaty hands of the guy in front of them. Uh, the music is too loud, and you can see like they are like you know they're like they're like putting their fingers in their ears. Now that's not what you should do. When you, the chosen sees you, you need to find a place deep within yourself and exude a sense of camaraderie and a happiness. And when you're in the dancing and you're just a, not a, you're not the big a uh, guy who knows how to do the pirouette and you don't necessarily know how to do all the, the great moves. But the point is there's a circular dance. You are with everyone else with a, with a, with a happy heart. That you're happy. It's like, yes, this is a good wedding. I'm happy I'm here. And when you do get a chance, Rav Belsky says, to speak to the chosen, you should speak to him with heartfelt words um, and to praise him and say that he's, it looks like he's such a lucky guy. It looks like he's successful. He's on a great path. And to tell him, your face, oh, you look so great. You're just radiant. He says, tell him, tell him that he looks good. And even say, your wife seems so beautiful, so nice. Say things like that. Tell him, you, oh, buddy, you lucked out. You got, it looks like you got the, if you really were Zoha to get such a nice wife. And tell him also that you feel, based on everything that you're sensing, that this is going to be a great family, that this is going to, you're going to have a real bias, before Mutzloch. That's what you need to do. You, you, again, if, if, you're, if you're not trained, you know, I had a good friend who was a Rosh Koylo in Atlanta, and um, you might know him. He's a Mechutin with Rabbi Oretz. Perhaps you know him. Who, Rabbi Oretz just moved out of our community. Um, Rabbi Oretz married his sister, uh, David Silverman. And Dave, uh, before he went to Yeshiva, he studied in the Barnum and Bailey um circus uh, college for clowns and he was able to learn incredible acts of juggling and balancing and he and then his life took another turn he went uh, to the yeshiva but he everybody invited him to their chasnas I can tell you that in fact he got a nickname his nickname was Shtik Shtik uh, David Silverman everyone knew him as Shtik Shtik and uh, he he was the person you wanted at at your wedding, and it was great. Hashgacha Pratis turned turned his years of study into the simchas of so many many uh, weddings. But not everybody has that type of history and can have that type of history and have that type of dexterity. And therefore, you sh- Rebelsky's words here need to be publicized to people before they go to a wedding. Even if they had to schlep out and it was cold and the, the valet parking wasn't working, whatever it was, this is the thing that's got to be in your breast pocket. This page from Rabelsky, what do I need to do when I'm going into the wedding hall and when I'm there for the dancing? Now, Afim Lo Yala Biyodolasa says, Kola Nao, Chalik Menu. 
even if you can't do everything, you don't have to, uh, you don't get FaceTime at such a big wedding. But at least in some way, you're part of this huge group. And when the Chosen and Kala look out, they don't just see five stragglers. They see 50, 75. And you're one of those 75. You're one of those 100 people that's waiting for them as they're about to step down from the chuppah. And therefore, what should be on your face is a smile. That's what should be on your face when you're waiting. Not like, oh, I can't stand this guy that I'm standing next to. Why? Keep upon him, Zoophos. If you're showing a frown, oh, I've built this make him. And it's like, oh boy, why did my wife have to draw me to this thing? And in fact, that's what the Gemara means in Brochos, that if you go to a Simcha and you're, and you're not Mesameach, you have violated the five Kailis of Hashem. Now, sometimes you go to a wedding to fulfill a political responsibility or a personal responsibility. They came to yours, I came to theirs. You don't feel that close necessarily. Or maybe you you said yes and you don't want them to have to pay for a meal and you don't show up. But really something is bothering you. You found out some bad news earlier that day. But once you walk into that wedding hall, push it out of your heart. You have to use a little bit of seichel. And and show to anyone that can look at you that if the roving videographer never would be able to catch you with something negative on your face. And I know, I mean, again, I, I've gone to weddings and, and I see these people that I see <laughs> during the week and sometimes, you know, and you walk over to them and, and, and you know, and, and they look at you like, you know, uh, hello. I said, look, so I once said to the guy, I said, listen, uh, George, <laughs> you're right. When we're back home, I expect you to be like, a, you know, grumpy, but we're at a wedding here. At a wedding, we got to be positive. And, and again, I, that's me because I like making trouble. But that's what you have to say to yourself. Even if it's that grump, that guy you hate looks, <laughs> you don't like that guy. And he's the guy who's invited as well as you. When you see him at the wedding, put on a more positive uh, spirit. And with this, he says, you're going to be able to makayim the mitzvah betov. And the truth is, Rav Belsky says, if you can do that, you'll be able to do other great mitzvahs as well. Harbe mitzvahs tovim minyam tovim elvado. Along with Rav Belsky's advice, I'd like to read a psak with you uh, that I think you might find interesting um, from Rav Shlomo Aviner. It was the Rav in Betel. I think he recently uh, stepped down uh, from being the Rav in Betel, but we all know he's a, a student of Rav Tzvi Yehuda Kuk. And we've done his psukim before. Here's an interesting Shiloh. Um... Yeshna alponai nekudat chen boletet. 
I'm going to assume those are called uh, beauty spots. <laughs> we call them our beauty marks. I'm a free of them in um, And maybe those are like moles or beauty marks, right? Um, so can you undergo surgery to have it removed? I assume it's like laser surgery or sometimes you have people have like a little a mole almost like a, I'm not sure exactly what it looks like. Like Elizabeth Taylor, I think, had something like that. But, you know, or so to, to, to get that removed. So Rav, Rav Avinair says there's a machlokas aposkim if you're allowed to have elective plastic surgery. Um, Rav Avinair himself seems to say that a person, um, and we'll see. Why might it be usr? Well, it's usr because there's an usr to wound yourself. And when you ask someone to wound you, you're paying him to make cuts into your body. So basically, you're wounding your body. The other opinion is, if what you're doing is you're, you're a masochist, uh, you want to like wound your body and, 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 and give yourself pain uh, or whatever it is, you hate yourself. Now, what's the proof that they say? In the time of the Gemara, people would, 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 would have little um, incisions in their body from uh Adam from bloodletting. Now we know that you could get along without it. It made you feel better, but it's not like, oh, if I don't go to the bloodletter and have him puncture me, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get sick and die. It really was just sort of like a uh, um, a way to keep your body in the best shape, and you want to feel good. I'm not sure if this is exactly similar to plastic surgery, but this is what they want to bring a raya. The fact that, that that throughout the period of Chazal, it was it was understood that you could go and uh, once a month or however many times it was, but definitely pretty often to have incisions made into your body. Those incisions are not considered uh, wounding yourself. Now, I, I would argue. That in that in that period of time, they considered it part of being a healthy person. That was refua. It wasn't like to make them look pretty. But anyway, um, some say that the reason why you can't do it is because when you put yourself under the knife, you're taking a risk of your life. And, um. Let's say when we call major plastic surgery. So major plastic surgery. Now I don't know about um, rhinoplasty, uh, which is where uh, where they reduce the size of your nose and they cut, they make you a new nose, right? I think that's what they do, right? They 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 cut your nose off and they take skin from other parts of your of your body and. Um, Okay. So we're, 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 we're trying to figure out how nose jobs work. And I guess, uh, you know, we need a plastic surgeon, but, uh, the, uh, the Talmidim here are saying that, Chabur here is saying that, that, um, you know, the, you break the, 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 the regular septum. And I guess if it's a person has a broad nose, like, um, 
I know Michael Jackson definitely had a lot of nose surgery before. So basically what they do is they break the, the, the septum, which, which is the broad bone of the nose, the skin lies over, and then they rebuild it. And then I guess take the flaps of the skin that are still there and use that over the smaller, uh, right? I guess that's the way it works. Um, now, I don't know if by rhinoplasty they, you need to be in anesthesia. But uh, do you have to be in full anesthesia? Something tells me you do, though. Something tells me you do. Uh, it's a big, it's, a, it's surgery. It's not right. out, I mean, outpatient thing. <laughs> so, so, Sheila, you probably are in a little bit of a sakana. Whenever you go under, whenever you are put into complete anesthesia, there's a little bit sure. of a danger in that. Sure. So the question is like something like Botox, something that over the that you can do while you're fully conscious, but maybe with local anesthetic, would that be allowed or so, still considered maiming your body? So maiming your body, it might be, but it's not a sakana. It's not a suffix sakana. Right. Um, so, so the Shiloh here's more of the sakana than the. So, well, he's taught. Well, the question here was getting rid of the mole. So he says this surgery to get rid of the beauty mark. Um, there's well, no it's sakana. Cancerous. <laughs> you uh, want to get rid well, of it? Oh, that for sure. If it's if it's a, if it's a cancerous mole, for sure. Here they just want to get rid of it because she wants to look better, or he wants to look better. Um, now, another argument was made uh, was about the fact that the whole idea of going to a doctor who sort of injures you to make you better is to heal you. Um, the Torah says, Rishus Is a person who doesn't like the way he looks uh, an ill person? A person who'd like to look better? Maybe um, you don't have a right to go get an external person involved. We know we've talked about, for those of you that have been listening to my Shuram on the Ramban and Rambam, there's a whole discussion about whether you should go to doctors or not. Um, and that one of the Malachim of Klausro was considered wrong for having uh, for having appealed to doctors. So if you don't need a doctor for your health just to look better, uh, maybe what you need to work on is realize Hashem gives everybody a certain external look based on his chokhmah. And we don't have the right to say, I want to look different. Now, you could say, however, that if some person is suffering from inadequacy and being bullied or whatever it is, um, that is also a pain. That is also a refua, possibly. Maybe the, the, the plastic surgeon is healing. Well, he could go to a psychiatrist. He could go to uh, a... Yeah, they said, I, isn't there a line somewhere between correcting on abnormality so people can yeah, look you, right. versus... That's for sure, Sheila. ...pritting them up. That's for sure. But again, we're, here we're talking about pritting them up. You're right. If someone has something that because of the way they look, they're constantly marginalized, then that would definitely be uh, an allowance to become part of society. Um, and that's what the Chalkas Yaakov says, that if because of the way you look, you feel Rabbi Yaakov Breisch, who was the Rav in Switzerland, in Zurich, um, he said that if you 
um, are embarrassed because of the way you look, then that's one of the greatest types of tsar in the world. Um, It's also, um, if a girl feels, and this would be the heta for a nose job, that, oh, I'm never going to find a boy with this nose, right? Um, So she would be allowed to do that because that for her is the great Tsar. Instead of talking to her and saying, hey, you know, you're like Barbara Streisand. This is what makes you special. Robert Kivalevich. Yes. Isn't isn't there a requirement to accept yourself as you're like a a God created you the the way? Does it go against that? He mentions that that argument, Dr. Kogan. He mentions that argument, Rav Avinair. But it's interesting that Rav Breish, who was sort of a Hasidic Shepoisik, um, says that if a person's embarrassed by that, then mm-hmm. that is like an illness. And Rav Meisha Feinstein also says, um, let's say a woman is married and she senses that her husband somehow is not turned on by her and doesn't like the way she looks. And, 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 and because of some sort of facial, whatever it is, so if the woman feels that she's not loved in the same way, then she'd be allowed, according to Rav Moshe, to go through this surgery. Mm-hmm. Question, if a person has to go through like a nose surgery anyway while he's at it, can he pretty his nose up even if, you know, it's an extra cost, but it's not an extra sakana? Right. In other words, once you're already, let's say, a person, anyway. has, let's say a person yeah. has a deviated septum and right. can't breathe, to. and the yeah. doctors are saying that unless we do this, you won't be able to have normal breathing function. Yeah, you know, when you're at it, you know, uh, give me a nose like... Um, yeah, yeah, take like off Liz a few years. You know. <laughs> and give me a nose like Liz Taylor also. Okay, you're going to have Liz Taylor's nose. You're not going to have Jimmy Durante's anymore. Yeah, I... I, I um. Good. <laughs> now, because um, if it's a sakana thing and they're already in the sakana, is it any worse? Is I mean, I'm, this is aside from the idea that a person ideally should accept themselves as they are. But yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Rev, 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 again, you take a look at who's being mocked here: Rav Moshe Feinstein, Rav Yaakov Reich. Like all these rabbanim are actually sensitive to to and not counseling these women, you know, to accept them, accept right. themselves the way they are. Um, the um, Depends on the degree of it. Right. For Lesser Waldenberg, Lesser Yudah Waldenberg uh, brought a raya from the Taira. The Taira says, that God built the, um, the the rib and made it into something to, to bring to to Adam. So Chazal say, what did he do? What he did was he gave her a great hairdo, right? So, so, so without the hairdo, she would have looked more plain. But boy, that hairdo changed things. Yeah, so, you, so you can no sakana in a hairdo. Usually. I understand, but you see that you can, you can, you're allowed to sort of like, you know, be a little bit artificial in order yeah. to be attractive. So that's, but that's the argument for maybe cosmetics, but not for. Right. So again, my feeling is, um, um, 
similar to what you're saying, Sheila, that, uh, you know, it's one thing to, uh, but it's another thing, like, for example, facelifting, um, which yeah. I, I think is pretty extreme, right? When they, when they give yeah. some facelift. Looks kind of strange for an 80-year-old to have a 20-year-old face, you know. Yes. And, um, you know, or, or um, various augmented, augmenting surgeries. Yeah. Right. I, it doesn't seem, again, I think you have to be careful with these psukim. Again, if you, because. Right. It's a slippery slope. I mean, I, I, I know some girls that they Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.